You're listening to the Cyberwire Network, powered by N2K. This episode is brought to you by Palo Alto Networks, the leader in cybersecurity. As AI-driven attacks increase, organizations can't afford to have network security that's stuck in the past. Discover how Palo Alto Networks can help you predict what's coming and proactively secure against it with a zero-trust, AI-powered network security platform built to secure whatever, whenever, wherever. To learn more, visit paloaltonetworks.com slash network security platform. The FTC finds Avast over privacy violations. ConnectWise's Screen Connect is under active exploitation. AT&T restores services nationwide. An Australian telecom provider suffers a data breach. EU member states publish a cybersecurity and resilience report. Microsoft unleashes a pirate. A new info stealer targets the oil and gas sector. A cyber attack cripples a major U.S. healthcare provider. Our guest is Kevin McGee from Microsoft Canada with insights on why cybersecurity startups in Ireland are having so much success. And a USB device is buzzing with malware. It's Friday, February 23rd, 2024. I'm Dave Bittner, and this is your CyberWire Intel Briefing. Happy Friday, everyone, and thank you for joining us. It is great to have you with us. The Federal Trade Commission has concluded a significant enforcement action against Avast, a prominent software provider known for its antivirus and security products. The action requires Avast to pay $16.5 million and imposes strict limitations on its handling of web browsing data. The FTC's complaint details how Avast, under the guise of offering privacy protection through its browser extensions and antivirus software, engaged in the collection of detailed browsing data from users. This data encompassed sensitive information, potentially revealing individuals' religious beliefs, health concerns, political leanings, and financial status, among other private details. The core of the FTC's complaint was the contradiction between Avast's privacy assurances and its actual practices. Despite advertising its products as tools to safeguard user privacy and block third-party tracking, Avast was found to have collected extensive browsing data, which it stored indefinitely and sold to over 100 third parties through its subsidiary JumpShot. This practice was not only in direct conflict with Avast's privacy promises, but also occurred without providing adequate notice to consumers or obtaining their consent. Highlighting the severity of Avast's misconduct, the FTC criticized the company for not sufficiently anonymizing the browsing data before sale. Avast's claims of deploying special algorithms to strip identifying information were challenged, with the FTC pointing out the continued risk of re-identification due to the detailed nature of the data sold, including unique browser identifiers and precise activity logs. 
The FTC's settlement with Avast includes several critical provisions aimed at rectifying the identified privacy breaches and preventing future violations. Notably, Avast is now prohibited from selling or licensing browsing data from its branded products for advertising purposes. Additionally, the company is required to secure affirmative express consent from consumers before engaging in similar practices with data from non-Avast products. The agreement also mandates the deletion of all browsing information previously collected, along with any derivative products or algorithms. Beyond these immediate remedies, the settlement obliges Avast to notify consumers affected by the unauthorized data sales about the FTC's enforcement action. Furthermore, Avast is tasked with establishing a comprehensive privacy program designed to address the misconduct highlighted by the FTC and to safeguard consumer privacy moving forward. A critical vulnerability in ConnectWise's Screen Connect, scoring a maximum CVSS score of 10, is being exploited by ransomware criminals shortly after disclosure. Described as trivial to exploit for remote code execution, the flaw poses a significant risk, especially to managed service providers that are valuable targets for cyber attacks. Cybersecurity firms like Huntress and Sophos have observed ransomware attacks exploiting this vulnerability, impacting both servers and client machines. Despite the recent law enforcement operation against the LockBit ransomware group, attacks persist using tools like the leaked LockBit 3 builder. Sophos warns that compromised systems need thorough investigation beyond patching, as various attackers are exploiting Screen Connect to deploy ransomware and other malicious software. AT&T says that network services have been restored after a significant outage yesterday affected many users across North America. The outage was attributed to an incorrect process during network expansion, not a cyber attack. The disruption impacted at least 70,000 customers, including 911 emergency services. AT&T has apologized to affected customers and says they are committed to maintaining reliable service. Tangerine, an Australian telecommunications provider, reported a cyber attack that compromised the personal information of 230,000 individuals involving current and former customer accounts. The breach was discovered two days after its occurrence on February 18th and exposed names, addresses, dates of birth, email addresses, mobile numbers, and account numbers. Tangerine claims financial and sensitive identification data remained secure. The intrusion was linked to a contractor's login credentials. Tangerine has since revoked access to the compromised account, enhanced security measures, and started notifying affected individuals. EU member states, supported by the European Commission and ENISA, have published a report on the cybersecurity and resilience of Europe's communication infrastructure and networks. The document advances EU-wide efforts to secure telecommunications, particularly focusing on 5G network security. It results from a detailed risk assessment identifying threats, including ransomware and supply chain attacks. The report outlines 10 new risk scenarios, and recommendations include enhancing resilience against physical and cyber attacks, assessing the criticality of international connections, and fostering collaboration for improved security measures. The report emphasizes the need for swift implementation of these resilience-enhancing steps to address the rapidly changing threat landscape.
Microsoft has introduced Pirate. That's capital T, little y, capital R, capital I, capital T, because of course it is. It's an open source tool aimed at enhancing the red teaming process for generative AI systems. Developed to help security experts and machine language engineers uncover risks, Pirate automates auditing tasks and highlights areas needing deeper examination. Addressing the unique challenges of red teaming in generative AI, which involves assessing both security and responsible AI risks due to its probabilistic nature and the variability in system architectures, Pirate enhances rather than replaces manual efforts. Originating in 2022 as a script collection for red teaming generative AI, it's demonstrated effectiveness with systems like Copilot. Pirate allows for controlled red team strategies, generates harmful prompts, adapts tactics based on AI responses, supports various attack strategies, and saves interactions for analysis. We note in full disclosure that Microsoft is a N2K CyberWire partner. The oil and gas sector is under threat from a new malware-as-a-service called Radamathi's Stealer, a sophisticated phishing campaign targeting critical infrastructure and sensitive data. This C++ information stealer, originally emerging in August of 2022, focuses on pilfering email, FTP, and online banking credentials. It has quickly evolved, adding capabilities and improving evasion techniques, including altering clipboard data for cryptocurrency theft and recovering deleted Google account cookies. The deployment of Radamanthi's Stealer follows the takedown of the Lockbit ransomware group, hinting at cybercriminals' strategic shifts or opportunistic behavior. With phishing emails as its delivery mechanism, Radamanthi's poses a significant risk to the increasingly digital-dependent oil and gas industry, emphasizing the necessity for robust cybersecurity measures, continuous monitoring, and employee awareness to help mitigate risks. United Healthcare Group has reported that its subsidiary, Change Healthcare, was targeted by a cyber attack likely conducted by government-backed hackers, according to a regulatory filing. UHG has not specified a timeline for system recovery or identified the attacker's nation. Change Healthcare, a major player in the U.S. healthcare system for patient billing and handling approximately one-third of U.S. patient records, experienced the attack early Wednesday. The specific nature of the cyber attack remains undisclosed. The incident has disrupted pharmacies nationwide, preventing prescription fulfillments through insurance. UHG has engaged security experts, cooperated with law enforcement, and informed affected stakeholders. Coming up after the break, Kevin McGee from Microsoft Canada has insights on why cybersecurity startups in Ireland are having so much success. Stay with us. In the complex world of enterprise identity, securing legacy web apps at scale can be daunting. Strata Identity makes it simple. With Strata, you can effortlessly integrate non-standard apps with any identity service, like MFA or SSO, with zero coding and zero hassle. 
Designed by identity architects for identity architects, Strata works with every vendor, standard and app architecture. This means your apps can now speak modern protocols and integrate seamlessly with your chosen identity services. From securing on-prem web apps to migrating away from outdated identity providers or consolidating them, Strata helps you keep your complex access policies as you modernize your identity infrastructure and get rid of technical debt. Join leading organizations like 3M, Dallas County, and CIBC in securing your apps with Strata. Visit strata.io slash cyberwire, share your identity security priorities, and receive a complimentary pair of AirPods Pro. Offer valid for organizations with over 5,000 employees. Connect today at strata.io slash cyberwire. Everybody, want to take a few minutes here and talk about our sponsor, Splunk. You know, you need to keep operations humming around the clock, but potential disruptions are everywhere. Splunk helps you predict problems and find and fix issues fast so you can reduce risk and ditch downtime. The world's largest enterprises rely on Splunk's unified security and observability platform to become more efficient, resilient, and innovative. With Splunk, you can react quickly, evolve faster, and be ready for anything. Stay ahead of disruptions. Learn more at splunk.com slash resilience. It is always my pleasure to welcome back to the show Kevin McGee. He is the Chief Security Officer with Microsoft Canada. Uh, Kevin, it is my understanding that you recently took a trip to Ireland and uh, found out some interesting things by meeting some interesting people. Fill us in. What was this all about? Thanks for having me back, Dave. Uh, yes, I got to go to uh, my homeland, uh, Kevin McGee. I'm a, a good Irish boy, and was <laughs> in. Uh, my, I had my first opportunity to uh, to set foot on Irish soil, which was fantastic. Um, Dave, we've talked in the past. Um, I uh, have my day job uh, in security, but I'm also a fellow of the Cybersecurity Catalyst at Toronto Metropolitan University. And one of the things I'm really interested in is understanding the unique uh, challenges that uh, cybersecurity startups face in not only developing their technologies and products, but bringing them to market and scaling. Um, and what's really interested me uh, the last couple of years is these clusters we've seen develop. Now there's the large ones, San Francisco, uh, your area, the Washington, uh, D.C. area. Uh, Israel has a, a very well-documented cluster. But there's also micro-clusters of innovation, like New Brunswick in Canada um, has a... Um, a micro cluster. And Ireland was a country that is really producing incredible cybersecurity startups. And they're, you know, population wise, you wonder how are they doing it and what makes them unique? So I, I got the opportunity to go over there and, and uh, poke around and, and see if I could find out why. Well, what did you learn? What, what is it about Ireland that, uh, that gives them this environment to, to be successful? There's a few interesting things at the higher level. One, they're a neutral country, which, um, Really, I hadn't really thought about how that impacts the ability uh, to bring uh, products to market. Being a neutral country, um, you know, they have a unique 
world view and world perspective, and also the ability to, uh, you know, to interact with uh, other uh, nation states and whatnot in a different way, in a different means than some of the other countries that have developed these clusters. They're also part of the EU. They're English speaking for the most part, with excellent tech schools. Lots of big companies are investing in facilities, uh, their data centers, branch offices, whatnot. Uh, but it's also a very highly connected community. So I think the the groundwork is there for scale. Um, but uh, they seem to be really focused on uh, the cybersecurity market as one of the, these growth markets, uh, which I think is fantastic. What I think coming away from it, as I learned, uh, is that the Irish are everywhere and uh, we have these uh, global connections. Um, so they're really leveraging that and they're leveraging those global connections and uh, individual connections to uh, to introduce products and services well beyond sort of the, the Irish market. And I think that's been one of the secrets to their success. I think when we think about uh, things like manufacturing around the world, you know, for me, I, just something as simple as cars, you know, American companies build cars a certain way. Germans build them their way. The Japanese build them their way. But do you find that there's that that cultural influence that people bring to uh, developing new products, new products and ideas in cyber as well? I think it uh, it's very true. Um, well, I think the Irish people, one, very entrepreneurial um, in uh, in how they approach things, but they've also made it a priority. And often governments will say, we'll make this area a priority. But I saw clear evidence on the ground. Uh, Enterprise Ireland is a firm that they've uh, the government's put together. It's a venture capital firm. But uh, they also have international trade um, uh, delegations set up all around the world to introduce um, their startups to individuals. And that's how I first got connected uh, with those folks. So the, the government has invested it out there, you know, making sure that they're making those introductions. They're making sure they're not just providing capital um, as well. Um, the, the amount of just connection in the community, the community feeling within the cybersecurity uh, startup market was very tight. Everyone knew each other. Everyone was super supportive. The universities were very engaged as well. And there seems to be sort of three, I, I really looked at three sort of clusters around Dublin, of course, Galway on the West Coast, um, which is the site of uh, many of um, uh, the uh, historically where uh, the famine was uh, was very hard hit. And then in the south in Cork, there seems to be a cluster that's really emerging around um, um, uh, the Munster uh, University as well, too. And as these large sort of startups sort of grow, they also throw off additional funding, additional fee people, and additional talent to, to found new startups. So they are micro clusters in, that I'm seeing in other areas of the world. But because of this uh, ability and the investment of the government to export um, this uh, technology and these sort of thought leadership as well, I think they're punching way above their, um, you know, way above their, their size in terms of global impact. Hmm. When you came back home, what were some of the lessons you brought with you? Were, were there things that you learned there that you could apply to your own day-to-day? -day? Yeah, I think really um, when I look at sort of an analysis of my LinkedIn um, contacts, I have my my um, corporate cybersecurity friend group, and I also have this startup-y entrepreneurial innovation startup group. And there wasn't many visual links between the two groups. I think they sort of operate independently. When I look at the DC area in particular, and the context I have there was much more integrated. So the folks that I knew in the corporate world versus the startup world, see the data tribes, which you're familiar with, mm. very much more integrated. And I don't know if that's a factor of place, if that's just a factor of you know integration of, of uh, 
um, the, say, the defense market or whatnot. But that seems to be one of the key ingredients is, you know, how do we we leverage sort of the overall corporate um, scale with uh, with startup and innovation? And that's one of the things we're doing at Toronto Metropolitan University. We have what's called a corporate in residence, not just an entrepreneur in residence, where we ask uh, people from large companies, banks, and whatnot to provide uh, folks to assist some of the startups. And we're starting to see that traction. And we're starting to see those interactions in Canada now, learning on some of the lessons that uh, that I took from Ireland and some of the other research I've done as well. All right, interesting insights. Kevin McGee is Chief Security Officer for Microsoft Canada. Kevin, thanks so much for joining us. Thanks, Dave. With over 8,000 threat hunters analyzing over 65 trillion signals daily, Microsoft works tirelessly with the federal government to keep our nation's data secure. This 30-plus year partnership is driving mission innovation that is secure by design. Whether optimizing your existing defenses or tackling advanced threats with AI, Microsoft gives you the intelligence and the automation you need to defend at mission scale. Let's work together to stay ahead of emerging threats and secure your mission anywhere. Learn more at aka.ms slash fedcyber. That's aka.ms slash fedcyber. And finally... Our marital aids desk made us aware of a report from Malwarebytes about one of their customers successfully blocking an attempted malware infestation from an unusual source. We're a family show, so I'll do my best to keep the descriptions clean. You know those catalogs your grandparents get in the mail? The ones that include neck massagers that are suspiciously torpedo-shaped. The infected device was one of those. Purchased at the Spencer's Novelty Shop in the local shopping mall, the device features a USB port for battery charging, but if you plug the unit into your PC, it attempts to install the Luma Information Stealer. Luma, which is distributed via a malware-as-a-service model, targets cryptocurrency wallets, browser extensions, and two-factor authentication details, and can be spread through infected USB devices. The incident raises concerns about how the device became infected, and Spencer's has acknowledged awareness of the situation but has provided no further details. Advice for USB device safety includes using AC plug sockets for charging to avoid data transfer and, of course, employing USB condoms for data exchange prevention. Happy Friday, everyone. And that's The Cyberwire. For links to all of today's stories, check out our daily briefing at thecyberwire.com. Be sure to check out this weekend's Research Saturday and my conversation with Asaf Dahan and Daniel Frank from Palo Alto Network's Cortex. We're talking about their research, Manic Menagerie 2.0, the evolution of a highly motivated threat actor. That's Research Saturday. Check it out. We'd love to know what you think of this podcast. You can email us at cyberwire at n2k.com. 
We're privileged that N2K and podcasts like The Cyberwire are part of the daily intelligence routine of many of the most influential leaders and operators in the public and private sector, as well as the critical security teams supporting the Fortune 500 and many of the world's preeminent intelligence and law enforcement agencies. N2K Strategic Workforce Intelligence optimizes the value of your biggest investment, your people. We make you smarter about your team while making your team smarter. Learn more at n2k.com. This episode was produced by Liz Stokes. Our mixer is Trey Hester with original music by Elliot Peltzman. Our executive producers are Jennifer Iben and Brandon Karp. Our executive editor is Peter Kilpie, and I'm Dave Bittner. Thanks for listening. We'll see you back here next week. Managing the requirements for modern security programs is increasingly challenging and time-consuming. Enter Vanta. Vanta gives you one place to centralize and scale your security program, quickly assess risk, streamline security reviews, and automate compliance for ISO 27001, SOC 2, and more. You can leverage Vanta's market-leading trust management platform to unify risk management and secure the trust of your customers. Plus, use Vanta AI to save time when completing security questionnaires. CyberWire daily listeners can get $1,000 off by going to vanta.com cyber. That's V-A-N-T-A dot cyber.